What up, guys? It's your boy, Colby, coming at you with another episode of the Time Out Pod. Um, I'm actually doing this from my back deck area, or back patio area, um, sitting out here by the fire and kind of reflecting, um, obviously today being the date of vote, kind of reflecting on uh, elections pass and that sort of stuff, and thinking about, you know, how I voted and whatnot, and First and foremost, I just want to say I love this country. Uh, I think this is hands down the best country to be in, the best country to live in, raise children, work, anything you can think of. I think this is it hands down. I think we take a lot of things for granted sometimes, and I think it's because it's all we know, right? Like those of us who have only been in the United States for our entire adult childhood, adult life, um, you know, I think sometimes we take for granted the things that we have here and we, you know, complain about things that I jokingly refer to as first world problems. And many of you have heard the term. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we assume are just natural, uh, almost God given rights and privileges of sorts and whatnot. I know we as a nation are founded on some of those of freedom of speech and uh, freedom of the press and right to bear arms and that sort of stuff. Um, so I definitely think this is the best country to live in. Um, and I think another wonderful thing about this country is that we do have the ability to vote. And if we don't like something after two to four years, uh, then we can change it. And so that kind of brings me, I live in, uh, live, live in Georgia, bit of a, uh, not a swing state per se, but Definitely one that's that's pivotal for, you know, the number of representatives, you know, as far as Republican versus Democrat um, in both the House and the Senate. So, you know, I think it's a, uh, you know, we live in an important state, um, Brittany and I do. And so as I've done my research on the candidates and whatnot, and I try to do and, and let me just start by saying that. You know, those who say, oh, well, I didn't vote because I don't know anything about them or, you know, I just voted because I know that like there is so much information and resources out there. And sure, some of it can be convoluted and really, uh, you know, either right or left wing facing. But I don't. Um, but I, I, I definitely think you could take enough information to be able to gather and listen to them talk and be able to gather and have your own perspectives and opinions on what they stand for and whatnot, right? Because at the end of the day, that is all we have. So first off, I want to say, like, make sure you get out and vote. Make sure that you go and you, you know, put your put your name out there and put it to someone who you think will do a, a good job leading in a direction that you want to be led, right? Because ultimately, it is us putting these people in here, you know, whether or not you think that uh, there's some falsifications of, you know, voting and you got you know, dead people vote. And I don't necessarily care about all that. The reason that I, the reason that I don't care about all that sort of stuff is because at the end of the day, we as citizens of the United States put these people in, put these people in charge. And I think here as of late, we have spent a long time, um, or not a long time, excuse me, a lot of time, uh, sensationalizing or, or over sensationalizing um, and radicalizing many, many thoughts and things, um, even fundamental things that, you know, we weren't super far 
a part on. Like, I feel like we have driven a wedge as a country in between a lot of people. Um, and, you know, a lot of people end up, you know, siding with the party that they have sided with for so long because they anticipate that they are going to act in a way that they, that they, talked about acting right um you know for example i think my generation gen z um, and even millennials um i think we spent so long listening to our parents be a particular party that that's kind of what we've adopted right there's a lot of people that i know that are just naturally republican because they've lived in the south their whole life and their parents were republicans um you know very not very conservative but on the conservative side uh some being very conservative being that i do live in the bible belt um you know it's i think that there's a lot of that and i think it's unfortunate because we've grown up in a generation again unprecedented in the sense of you know the what's the word I'm looking for, you know, in the sense of like radicalization, you know, there's, we have pulled so far to either the left or the right that we have kind of forgotten what it's like to compromise. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of, so, so the topics that are most important to me uh, when it comes to, especially when you start talking about national voting in the sense of president um, and their running mates, uh, the vice president and that sort of stuff, even senators, and is that like the three biggest things to me are budget, um, crime, and uh, international affairs. Um, and sometimes the, these kind of shuffle in and out. Usually those are the three, uh, but sometimes it shuffles based on where we're kind of at. Um, you know, I think that international affairs took a little bit of more of a precedence uh, when. Um, Barack Obama was brought in just due to the timing of it. Uh, kind of same with Trump in the sense of um, Kim Jong-il and Un, obviously, uh, the late Kim Jong-il. Uh, dealing with that, um, you know, kind of being, you know, in a, I don't want to say in a confrontation with Kim Jong-un, but, you know, their potential for that, you know, so international affairs kind of comes and goes, you know, and sometimes that will be, uh, replaced with, you know, other, a multitude of other things. But the budget and the crime rate are ones that have been, especially as of late, um, and I tie crime rate into, um, uh, not gun safety, um, the, the Second Amendment, we'll just use that loosely, uh, the right to bear arms. And so those have been big on my agenda Um Budget obviously being super important, right? Like we can't just continue to print money. We can't just continue to borrow, 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 especially borrowing not only necessarily from ourselves and bailing big businesses out, um, but also borrowing from other countries and going into an extreme amount of debt with places like China because that's just – that has leveraged China to become such a big superpower um, uh, and being the superpower now at this point. Um, as far as trade goes, because we have spent so much time outsourcing to China, but also borrowing from China um, and going into a huge deficit. And if China were to call on us to pay that, like we never would be able to, we, you know, and it would 
cause us to have to go to war with China, which no one wants, right? Um, you know, so budget is super important to me. We haven't had the budget balanced uh, since Bill Clinton, uh, which initially um, I remember being in the camp of Hillary Clinton, and I'll say that. And but the justification for me was, you know, I wanted Hillary to be president because Bill did such a good job in office on things like balancing the budget. Now, again, he kind of sold his soul to Walmart and whatnot, but, you know, ultimately I think he did a good job balancing the budget. So, you know, that's the sort of stuff that's important to me Um, again. And that's, what's important to me. And I'm always up for conversation and debate and talking to people about this because one thing, excuse me, one thing that I don't like to do, as I mentioned, is radicalize or go to the extreme. Like it's not an all or nothing thing for me. Like I'm willing to give a little bit on the budget, if a candidate makes sense and does some other things that also check other boxes, right? Or I can be convinced that a candidate is not good for the budget. So like my Hillary Clinton example, obviously fizzled out really quickly and and talking to people, they were like, yeah, like I hear what you're saying, but you know, ultimately I just, I don't think that Hillary would be fit because X, Y, and Z. And I heard those people out and I was like, no, no, no. I mean, that makes sense. I am definitely skeptical now that you have brought that to my attention. So the budget's one second being crime. Uh, especially now, you know, with the crime rates in a lot of major cities being, you know, really high, uh, a lot of sensationalizing events, um, you know, cop killings and, um, you know, defunding the police movements and all that sort of stuff and how it is contributed to the amount of crime that has been committed and whatnot as that has moved up. Um, you know, I definitely think there needs to be some sort of level setting. I'm never going to be one to defund the police. Uh, I, I do think there are bad cops out there. Let me just start by saying I do think there are bad cops out there, but I think there are bad bankers. I think there are bad doctors. I think there are bad lawyers. I think there are bad business owners. I think there are bad people in the world. And I don't know of any occupation. You can't point to any occupation that doesn't have bad people. And I know the, the the next comment that people make is, well, they're, they're, police officers are held to a higher standard. I, and I can understand that. But again, even being held to a higher standard, like if you think about in the past, like there have been people like in, in extreme positions of power, right? Like we could think of uh, people like, you know, Hitler's a really easy one to pick on, or even Putin, we, we can pick on that now, of people who are in positions where it is expected of them to do the right thing, and they just, all they care about selfish selfish intentions and doing wrong by others for self-gain, right? Um, so there's always going to be those people out there, and I know a ton of cops that are really good people. Um, you know, they are in a lot of tough situations and a lot of tough um, scenarios where they've got to make decisions quick. And, you know, again, I'm not justifying the bad things that police officers have done. Um, I definitely think that there's been plenty of instances where cops have went over the line for sure. But defunding the police, I don't think is the answer. Uh, you defund the police, you have problems like you do in Southside Chicago. A lot of the crime there and a lot of the people that commit the crime know that people like it's illegal for people to carry and so they know that you're just an easy target you're you're easy because you don't have any weapons to defend yourself but they do 
You know, that's that's why I think defund the police movements are dangerous, because if we don't have the police, who protects us? If we police ourselves, that's asking for a whole a whole nother problem. And so I think defund the police movements are dangerous. And I know that, again, there's been a lot of sensationalizing on that about defunding the police and us being able to police ourselves. Um, I'm also I don't want to say big, but I'm definitely on the side of the right to bear arms. Uh, again, there are 200 plus million uh, guns. I don't like to use the word guns because I know in the military they frown on that uh, weapons. Uh, but for the the regular audience out there, guns that are out there that that are owned by people, and I think that I think it's 200 million. Last last I checked, that's a lot of guns, and that's just again ones that people know about that have either registered or purchased or whatnot. That's not to include any that have come in, you know, from you know backhanded sales or cash sales or anything like that. So um, there's a lot of guns out there. And I think it would be impossible. Like I think you would almost start a civil war trying to take all of those away. And then you're gonna have people getting creative. Like I'll be the first to tell you that if if I heard that they were coming and looking to take them all, I'd bury mine, and I'd bury them. And then when they left, I'd bring them back out. You know, because I don't want the day to come. I would rather be able to defend myself or have the potential to defend myself, and nothing happen than not have the ability to defend myself and something happen. So I'm definitely, but I'm also not crazy, right? Like I'm a gun owner and I'm, and, and I definitely don't want my second amendment rights taken away, but I totally think that there needs to be more regulation. Like I definitely think there needs to be more extensive background checks. I think there needs to be a cooling off period of at least 72 hours, if not a week. Like I'm totally fine. Like there's never, there's no reason I need a gun within a week. Like when I go to purchase uh, ammo, when I go to purchase uh, weapon systems and guns and whatnot, there's no reason. I'm never in a hurry. Like I'm not like, oh, I got to have this, you know, this Glock 17 or I've got to have this AR-15 today. Uh, there's never any reason for that. And so I think being able to instantly purchase guns is dangerous at, at times. Now, not always. Again, and this is why I challenge people to go look at the numbers of mass shootings there are is it up i mean i guess but it's relative right like as there are more people in the nation numbers statistically tend to go up so i challenge people to go look at numbers before they jump on the bandwagon of all guns are bad because i don't think all guns are bad i think they're just bad people and so bad people are going to find a way to do bad things and you best believe that if we take if we were to try to take all the guns off the streets like all the bad guys know that and so they know that you're not going to be armed. They know that you're not going to have a way to defend yourself. And they're going to have them because the bad guys always find a way. You know, let's take out movies. Just in real life, there are cartels. There are gangs. There are just people in general that, you know, commit armed burglary and that sort of stuff who know you're not going to have anything to protect yourself. And so it's just going to make their job way easier. But I'm for cooling off periods. I'm for extensive background checks. I'm for mandatory training because I definitely think that is something. And, you know, that wasn't offered whenever I purchased mine and when I got my carry license or carry permit. But you can bet your bottom dollar that I took it. I took multiple training classes because I wanted to be ready for that situation if I'm ever put in it. Like, I don't think anyone should just willy nilly be able to buy a gun and then not know how to use it. Like, that just to me seems silly. Um, so I'm definitely not radical in that sense, and that's kind of the point that I'm getting to. 
And then the third one being international affairs, right? Like we have this Ukraine-Russia deal going on. Uh, We've got the embargo that the EU is putting on Russia, and it's going to be looking at the U.S. to supply more and more things like fuel and wheat um, and that sort of stuff because Ukraine has not been able to supply those things to wheat, obviously not being from Russia, but from Ukraine. Uh, so supple- supplementing all of that, like how is the U.S. going to look to respond? Are we going to export more to the EU and cause more strain at home? You know, like I definitely think there's money to be made and a killer amount of money to be made exporting things like fuel. And I'm in the fuel industry, so I can say this, uh, but exporting things like fuel into those markets, like we can make a ton of money as a nation, but then we strap resources here at home. Um, you know, and it's not to say that we – you know, are super tight on fuel. You know, we're at 28 days worth of supply, um, which is lower than um, than any standard agency wants us to be at. But it it, it doesn't mean in 28 days we're going to run out. Um, and I know there's a lot of misconception on that, and I could spend a whole hour talking about that. Um, but those sorts of issues, right? Like figuring out the policing of the border, right? Like I think it's stupid for us to spend an excess amount of money, time, and all that sort of stuff deporting illegal immigrants. And, you know, I know on the conservative side, and this is where I try to show my true colors, is on the conservative side, it's more like, oh, we need to, you know, send them back where they came from. Well, if you like chicken, fruits, um, anything that's made manufacturing-wise, like I would – maybe change the mindset a bit or just get used to not having those things because, and and this is hit on a lot of the times in, in reference to the Hispanic population, but they're hard workers and they do those sorts of jobs. And so I don't have any problem. You know, it's like, oh, well, these people aren't paying their taxes and stuff. And sure, I, I would love to be able to figure out a way to get, to make it to where those people also pay their end of the taxes and whatnot. I totally agree with that. I don't think that they should get off scot-free and not have to pay. So I think they should be in on some sort of weird, not necessarily work visa, uh, but something of the sort, right, while they are working out being able to become citizens of the United States. Um, and they should have to pay taxes, even if it's not as much as or high as you know, the – the standard American citizen taxes are like they should be paying some sort of taxes. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's, I, I, I go into these booths, uh, these booths, like I vote multiple at one time, I go into the voting booth with all of that in mind and trying to make sure that I do my homework and do my research and not just voting just because, you know, the candidates looks like I do, or the candidate talks like I do, or, You know, the candidate said that they would do this. Like, you know, I try to do a little bit of background and and whatnot and read on their dirty laundry, right? And that's the sort of stuff that I would just – I like to talk to people about just – and not educate people, but like really get to the bottom of, you know, why they don't vote. And if they don't, like, hey, like just do – you spend time going to the restroom. Just read a little bit then. That's – Sometimes what I do or, you know, you spend time on social media, just take, you know, 10 minutes of that time um, and read a little bit about a candidate or read about an issue. Take out the candidate and read about the issue and see if there's any commentary from the candidate that you like. So I think that's important. Uh, And then the last little bit that I, you know, just wanted to hit on is 
I really hope that we can get to the days of meeting more in the middle, right? Like I've talked about how we could become very irrational and polarizing and be on the very end of one scale or the other. Like that's sometimes why I have problems, right? Like I really think that it's it's going to be hard getting to the point where we get to a, a closer to a normal and in the middle. And I don't even think getting in the middle is, is ever going to be a thing. I just think getting closer to the middle is more so what I would like to see. Um, and I think that's going to be difficult, obviously, because sensationalizing news sells, right? And these politicians want to put money in their pockets and people put money in their pockets to get them to say like, Hey, I'm, for or against abortion i'm for or against the nra and you know carry and conceal or i am pro or or anti you know immigration laws and strict immigration laws so i just hope at some point we can get back to a sense of normalcy and and sense of normalcy being like we're able to talk about these things and people not get so offended if somebody doesn't think the way that you do or look at issues the way that you do, you know, and be able to have open dialogue. Again, I have talks with people all the time about things like guns because I'm willing to listen to other people. You know, I, I, I completely understand people's concern with guns because it's been all over the news. I also think that there should be a fair amount of research and consideration taken in whenever you look at these stories and then you compare it to the numbers, right? And see how many mass shootings are we averaging per year versus last year versus 10 years ago? How many of those are, are caused by pistols versus or handguns versus um, quote unquote assault rifles, which I don't even like using that term because people, people don't understand what that really is. Um, you know, the same thing with like defunding the police, like, okay, what is the true amount of cop killings there are? And really getting after the numbers, I'm fairly analytical and really getting after the numbers to come to a, a conversation educated because I, what I can't stand is when people come and they're like, well, I saw this video on TikTok where a cop, oh, well, okay, like, I hear you. Or a person was talking about defund the police, and they said that you know in 2022 there were 100 percent more cop killings. It's like okay, well did that is that 100 percent like it went from two to two, or two to four? Like okay, now we're up 100 percent. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the sort of stuff that I don't necessarily like it when people bring that sort of stuff up because it's like dude, like you've got to be able to contextualize and conceptually understand the point at hand so that you can talk and be educated and make decisions that aren't emotional, right? Because I think that's where people get in trouble when they start voting is they vote with their emotions and their heart on their sleeve. And it's like, you can take some of that in there with you, how a candidate makes you feel, but you also have to vote based on what they what they say and what they have done, right? Like a lot of these are lifelong politicians or business people. And so look at their business decisions. Look at the way that they've you know, handled situations, really tough situations, and then go from there, make your decision on that, you know, and have an open ear and listen to people, you know, who have differing opinions, because you never know when someone can open your eyes to a, a, a situation. Um, you know, I just, I hope with these next few voting cycles, man, we just get back to understanding what 
what it takes to be able to make this country continue to be great because it like and I'll close with this this country is the greatest man we have the coolest things we have access to the best sports and and venues and you know restaurants and all that stuff at the, at the at, at the drop of a hat you know we we live in such a wonderful wonderful country and i just hate to see it go down the drain and go down the path of you know crumbling because we were we were so busy trying to make money and be greedy and and scream out irrational thoughts on television you know for the sake of getting a seat on the senate or stuffing our back pockets from boosters and um you know people who are uh funding um you know their their campaign right like i just want to get us to get back to the sense of what this country is founded on which is like core principles and beliefs and having an open dialogue and figuring it out how we can best move forward so i hope you guys got out and vote i hope that you uh continue to get out and vote and uh put your put your vote out there and and let your voice be heard and uh that's all i've got appreciate you guys listening